0: Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 115, 115, 100 plus a baker's dozen plus two. The math checks I out. Like
1: there's, I feel like there's probably <laughs> a, way, a way that you could have made that less parsable, but it probably would have involved like hex code, so like,
0: what? <laughs> I don't know, it's fine. Is uh. it, I'm your host, Mike F.C.K. Wheels, and with me as always,
1: David McBurney, Family Master. Uh, still just so confused.
0: <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine.
1: And uh, Gaijin might join us at some point in the future. But we are uh, playing Man Down once again for the time being. Hello?
0: Hello? Sorry. Okay, I was making sure
1: I didn't cut out... If you're going to put that much focus on Magic, you need to at least make it clear to me that I'm not talking to myself.
0: (laughs) Well, I kind of started this game right as we were about to record, which was a really bad idea. I don't know, man. Uh, Gadget the mathening.
1: Um, Yeah, uh, you're not lucky enough to be watching this on Twitch. Wheels is playing Magic the Gathering online, and before this recording started, he started, he went ballistic, because I just assumed it was Hearthstone.
0: Yeah. It's not. Differences are clear. How dare you.
1: He really wants someone to ask what the differences are, so they can go on a long tear. So, you know, maybe do that, or maybe don't. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah. Moving on. Uh, We want to pad
0: this bit out a bit with some what we've been playing. Uh, sure. Um, I have been playing Dragon's Dogma on the Switch. Oh man, has Dark arisen finally? At last, it has.
1: I presume you're not to that part of the campaign yet, though.
0: No. How's that been going? It's been good. I I bought this game way back when it originally came out, and did not kind of bounced off me, I guess.
1: Same, I bought it for the Resident Evil 6 demo.
0: <laughs> yeah, so
1: yeah. Um, that really contextualizes how long ago that was. Well,
0: it's 2012, I think.
1: Yeah, 7 years. Ooh. Ooh,
0: it's a very it's a very interesting game. The story isn't all that interesting. It's kind of typical fantasy stuff. But like did you expect from Capcom? It's got really nice combat. The world's pretty nice. The monsters are cool. This is fun. You know, and that, um, it gets, I forgot what it's sold for. I think it's 30 bucks for that big an RPG in the go. It's kind of a steal.
1: Yeah, that's kind of nuts. I yeah. did not realize that it was launching at that reduced a price.
0: Yeah, it's cheap. Uh, and it's, it, probably going to pass by a lot of people but i i definitely recommend people check it out like, like 30 bucks, man.
1: yeah 30 good. bucks i was ju- i was double checking to make sure you hadn't misremembered that but no 30 bucks is at the base price
0: yeah and i think that's what uh the re-release launched for on like xbox one and ps4 as well so you're not playing like uh the switch premium that yeah there's no tax games being being levied as. upon yeah. you so yeah. Also, not sweet. seeing
1: anything on its box
0: art to indicate that it's like half download either, which is also impressive. It is not. I popped it in, and the game immediately fired up. So.
1: Yeah, that's that's nuts. They actually went to, They they went for it.
0: Yep. So.
1: <laughs> that and, that and Zodiac Age also came out this month, and this this bad this bad news. <laughs> it's too much video game. Yeah. Please
0: make less. <laughs> Speaking of Zodiac Age, I have that preloaded on my Switch. I'm going to see if that oh. is ready to go in about two minutes. <laughs> no, you're if, not doing the opening to that game while we are recording. As if I weren't already distracted. <laughs> I mean, I could do the opening of that game. I've played it like 10 million times, so it's going to be... I'm not actually going to read anything.
1: How many times so, have you finished it?
0: Finished it once. Started it <laughs> multiple times.
1: I know the feeling.
0: Yeah, Um, because I started it on PS4 and never finished. Same, same.
1: Like Switch is the only way that I'm ever going to be able to actually sit down and finish that because I can actually just peck away at it. Uh, But yeah, that's that's, a lot of RPG classics come into the switch like just in one horrifying blast
0: yep because square also decided what if just every final fantasy all at once what if all the final fantasy here's final fantasy 10 here's 10 here's 9 here's 7 7's still good by the way yep here's um uh what the heck is the name of that game the pokemon ish thing there's uh, so many things you could be talking about. The, uh, the I don't even remember. Whatever, that one's not important. Cause World of Final Fantasy? Yeah, that one.
1: Okay, I was trying to make sure that you
0: meant still a Final Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't remember the damn name of it.
1: Final Fantasy Fables, Chocobo's Dungeon, Everybody.
0: I have that as well. I know you do. <laughs> I didn't even have
1: to check. I just,
0: like, oh, of course we all have <laughs>
1: that. But, yeah, there's... Everywhere, man. It's everywhere. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, congrats on your Dark Arisen. How far are you into the game, would you say?
0: Um, maybe an hour or so in. I just got to, like, the capital city. Just finished a (laughs) mission where you have to, uh, guide a caravan as it's being attacked by harpies and stuff, so.
1: Yeah, you no know, typical beginning game stuff.
0: Yep. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, otherwise, uh, <laughs> sounds like you're doing well. Is that all you've been playing, I guess.
0: Uh, that's pretty much it. Everything else um, of late has been um, just like hero shooters and stuff. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Yokai Watch, but not too much of late.
1: Very um, brief American Dream.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see, what the hell else have I been playing?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, that's been about it of late. Um, what about you? You already said what you were playing, didn't you? Uh,
1: FF7, some more Ace Attorney replaying. Uh... Which you know, both of those are still good. They're yeah. they're games I've played before, but
0: <laughs> uh, I mean that's not necessarily a bad thing. Let's see, what was the other thing I was replaying? Uh, um, oh, um, Darksiders on Switch. I've been playing as well. It's it it gets... just awful. Title. Shush. <laughs> uh, you
1: don't you you aren't willing to go to bat for War Mastered Edition.
0: I mean it's better than uh war Marstered edition for uh <laughs> red faction. I Carrilla. thought it was remast remastered, I'm sorry, remastered. War
1: Marstered wouldn't make much sense. Yeah, that's a, that's also just a bad name. Please sorry. stop.
0: Is it better or worse than definitive edition?
1: Definitive is at least a pun even if it's a
0: bad one. Sure. Oh, cool. Somebody in chat was trying to yell at me that it was world of fun. Getting yelled at in all directions. Well-deserved. Yes. Yes. Uh, what was I going to say? Let me look at the chat so that I can actually be
1: keeping track of that.
0: Well, I well now that I'm using OBS, it actually, I actually have like a little tab thingy that shows me the chat. So I can actually keep track of it. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm just going to throw Gaijin... Actually, add a Gaijin to the call in case he shows up.
2: Just in case.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, questions? Questions? Uh,
1: sure. You oh, wait, should start? we
0: should we just talk about Persona 5S real quick?
1: Yeah, let's hit that, because it's technically a question.
0: The Megatroll... So. Of of one year. J.S. Carp asked, how surprised are you that
1: the Persona game on Switch isn't a port of five, but instead another Musou game? Uh, I didn't see it coming. I, it's true, I didn't. It, <laughs> like, If I were someone's marketing department, I would never put that much time and buildup behind, uh, behind the announcement of a Musou game. Because you're going to disappoint someone. Yeah. Probably a lot of someone's.
0: I mean I'm gonna play it. It just uh wow. Probably not when it's new, not at sixty. Yeah. Like uh. the
1: part of the other problem is that if you're if you're like on PS4, maybe because it is a PS4 on Switch game. If you're on
0: <laughs> yes, PS4, you, you are getting a percent of five game on Switch. <laughs> so like
1: on, on PS4 It almost makes sense. Almost. By virtue of the fact that the selection of Musou games on the PS4 is... There's more of them, but they're all bad. They're all things like Berserk Band of the Hawk or Dragon... Or Dynasty Warriors 9 or stuff like that. Whereas with... uh, Frickin' the Switch, you already have Hyrule Warriors and Fire Emblem Warriors, which are generally regarded as about as good as Musou games actually get.
0: I would... I would present the opinion that Hyrule Warriors is the best Muso ever
1: produced. And there seems to be a lot of agreement on that. Yes. Which raises the question of, like, now you're saying, like, there those are both games with a lot of content. Like, you could squeeze probably about as much Musou as any human being needs out of those two video games. <laughs> to go, like, especially if you count, like, the DLC for Fire Emblem Warriors, which it has plenty, to add... Persona on that, where like licensed musos that don't have Nintendo yelling at Koei have a very checkered history of being very, very low effort and bad. I don't think anyone particularly wanted this. I'm not sure why it's called Persona 5 Scramble to begin with. I feel like fewer people would have been confused by it why? if it was P5M. Why I feel the like letter I, should, S. Why? I feel like I should also point out, they registered... <laughs> They registered a URL for P5M. They own that URL. <laughs> if they had called it Persona 5 Muso, people wouldn't have been as confused by this object. Like, there's there's just so many questions I have. I presume it's probably not going to be limited to Persona 5 characters, because that's not enough characters for yeah. how Muso
0: games operate. It'll be hilarious if they announce a Persona 5M that is a Switch part. That would be hilarious. But... The other thing that makes this less
1: surprising is that I'm fairly certain money changed hands to keep Royal a PS4 game. Yeah. There's... It's one of those things that it's like... Sony is not top dog in Japan, but they want... They aren't willing to cede that territory either. So they're in this position where they want there to be things that are like... Perceived as heavily Japanese IPs that are also heavily PlayStation IPs, and they're willing to fight to keep Persona itself, even if not its spin offs, which they can't seem to hold the floodgates on. So I would imagine money changed hands, hmm. and I would imagine that that money is probably not enough for forever. But it, like, I doubt we'd be seeing a Switch version of Persona 5 Royal until like 2021. That would be my guess is at least a year's exclusivity in Japan. Yeah. If Atlas is still interested, and by that point, it might actually still be worth their while because Switch is well on its way to outselling the PS4 in Japan and, you know, continues apace. But, I mean, like that might still happen, but it probably won't be for another couple years. So, I mean, they Atlas gets what it wanted, because I'll be buying Persona 5 Royal on PS4, and I'll probably buy it again if they ever re-release it, probably on Switch and Steam. Uh, but, yeah, just... The, like, if they had not decided that this was worth teasing as a reveal after they explained what Persona 5 Royal was... It would also have helped. Mm. Like if this had just been something that they just threw onto the floor, it would have been like, oh, well, okay, I guess. I mean, whatever. But they, when Persona Four, uh, when Persona Five Royal website was updated, they updated this site to explain that, like, oh, information for this will come out the day after, and it's like, well, that must be of similar statue to a statue stature to a Persona Five like update and it wasn't because it's just a muso game (laughs) so i guess like part of this is i'm not plugged into japanese persona fandom enough to know did anyone see this coming was this like was there any yes yes uh was there any reason to assume like was there assumptions in japan about what this object was or was that very specifically like an english thing because of the letter s and the word switch like I I don't know uh, But at the same time I feel like When they knew What they were going to be doing It became a very bad idea To position this announcement as Important mm. And whether they intended to or not By putting it as like the, We'll have another announcement after we explain what Royal is That's That's a bad place to start That's a bad first impression to make because, like, this is something you announce before Royal, not after. It's like how, like... Yeah, it's, it's just weird. It was, it was a weird set of decisions. I'm interested in Royal. It's making a lot of weird changes. Like, the degree of additions being made to it is kind of shocking, but I won't go too far into them, because some of them would constitute spoilers, and Wheel has, Wheels has not gotten far enough into the original release, and probably never will. No, I, uh, I have no choice now. It's time to suck it up. Oh, I just assumed that you would just wait for Royal. Nah. Oh. By, all, by all appearances, that probably will not be coming to the U.S. Well, it's known that that's not coming to the U.S. until 2020, but... I would guess probably sometime in March or April.
0: Yeah, I already put some time into starting up the original release. I don't really want to start over again.
1: It's going to turn out that it's like Persona 3 Fest, where you can just, like, New Game Plus into Royal. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that would be sweet. So. Either way, I'd rather just play through the original release.
1: But yeah, it looks like it adds a lot of content. Like, it doesn't feel like a cheap double dip, but I mean, again, I would rather play it on a place where I have a hundred hours to just throw it an object because that is a long game. (sighs) Such a very long game. (laughs) And it's only going to be longer because uh, by all appearances there are multiple new months of game. Yikes. So I'm just, yeah, I'm putting that in there because, like, that's not specific enough a spoiler other than to say, like, there appears to be multiple new months of game. (laughs) So... You know, uh, I hope. It, I still hope it comes to Switch eventually. That would be my ideal place to play it. I still really like the game. I know the person who asked this doesn't actually like the game that much. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, to each their own. I would like to play it in a more portable form factor. This is somehow more baffling than when Persona 4 Golden was a Vita exclusive. Because at least in that case, like it was like, well, it's it's still going to a handheld. It's still like... Something where, like, oh, well, the Vita's not out yet. We don't know how it'll do. In this case, it's like, we know how both of these consoles are selling. I would expect it to be on both of them. (laughs) So, yeah, there we are. I needed to rant about that. As for the gameplay trailer of Scramble, it looks like a Musou. Like, it, when I saw it, I was, I almost, like, it was just, my jaw briefly dropped at what I was actually looking at and then I was like <laughs> Okay, uh, well, not picking that up at sixty. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's it's not a terribly interesting looking. Like it's still a Musou, is the thing. Is that like no matter how much you guss, gussy it up, it can have the look of Persona Five, but it can't have the things that, most of the things that make Persona Five interesting other than the look. Right. So like, it's a cute skin to dress a Muso up in, but I have I already kind of committed to the Muso I'll be playing on Switch. I picked up Fire Emblem Warriors, and that's about enough as, as much as I need. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah, not angry, just wondering what business plan caused this to happen and wondering why marketing kind of dropped the ball on this object.
0: You cannot play this software yet. Yeah, curse you.
1: Yeah, you're not allowed. Officially illegal. Uh, do we want to hit any of these in specific? Uh, I can hit... Uh, I'll hit one of Budai's questions since it's a short one. Uh, have you ever finished a Kingdom Hearts game on critical mode? Ooh, I have not. I have! Ooh. Uh, Kingdom Hearts... To final mix on critical mode is very good I would in fact say that if you really like the series you're kind of you owe it to yourself to try it in that form uh, exactly how hard is it uh, the task is this it starts out easier than proud mode and rapidly becomes much harder uh, by the end it's not impossible but it does keep you on your toes a lot more than proud mode does so like for those not into Kingdom Hearts though so, do a quick refresher on what critical mode is in the final mix slash content patched versions of three but in final mix and versions of everything before three there was a difficulty mode called critical mode and the normal difficulties were beginner normal proud and those are just standard like enemies get some new attacks uh they their ai gets more aggressive their stats change uh Critical mode is a set of essentially a set of constraints on the player. Uh, in critical mode, in two, which is the one that I've replayed the most, uh, you start the game like normally. When you start the game, you have enough to equip like you get like three ability points. It's enough to equip a handful of generic early abilities. But in critical mode, when you start the game, you start with fifty. And you start with a bunch of abilities, like specific abilities that do very specific things. Some of them, like most of them are beneficial, except for one of them that's just designed to make the game even harder. Uh, there's a zero AXP ability that costs nothing and just makes it so that you can play the entire game with, uh, without gaining levels. So for challenge runs, that's important. But other things are things like things that make timing-based skills more powerful or things that make it so that if you get juggled by an enemy, you're less likely to die. Mm. Uh, and that's important because critical mode also cuts how high your HP can get. It will, in Kingdom Hearts 2, it's about a third to half, and in 3's patch notes, it implies that it's also about a third to half. I haven't had the chance to dig into that mode yet. But basically, your HP and MP are forever locked to be much, much lower than they would ever be in a normal playthrough. Mm. And the idea is, and the thing that I think makes this brilliant, is that Kingdom Hearts exists on sort of a scale about how much you can play it like an action game versus how much you can play it like an RPG. And in a standard difficulty mode, you can just play it like an RPG, and if you're having trouble, you just go and you grind, and eventually your stats will be so high that you can just sort of crash through enemies, And it won't really matter how much damage they do to you. They can't do enough to outpace your healing. In critical mode, that option kind of goes away. Hmm. Uh, You have to actually play it like at least something of an action game. And I think that's really good because it shows how flexible and good the actual combat design of Kingdom Hearts is. So uh, the second part of this question was exactly how hard is it? I would say harder than proud mode, but not insurmountable. Uh, if you want it to become insurmountable, you equip zero XP and wave goodbye to your life. But uh, I, I think it's a really good, like it's one of the best difficulty modes I've ever seen implemented in a game because it is such a radical redesign of how you have to play the game. So, you know, if you've ever liked any of them, play one of the ones you like and play it on critical mode to see how well its actual action game bona fides uh, stack up. Because I, I think a lot of people would be surprised at how good you can... how good it is as a technical game, like action game experience. Hmm. And if you just want to make things easier on yourself, apparently you can New Game Plus into critical mode in 3. So if you want to see sort of what that experience is like but keep your souped up keyblades from the end of the game you can still do that
0: interesting yeah i need to i need to try that i mean i've always played through the games on um proud proud mode so sounds like it's probably worth it to give this mode a try
1: yeah especially because it was a free content update like that was really nice
0: yeah that's pretty sweet
1: I'm going to also briefly point out that a, like, Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC just got announced. Have you heard about this? Uh, vaguely? What we know of it is that it's currently titled Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. Hmm. And what's been promised is a bunch of secret bosses and DLCs and new scenarios. Interesting. Uh, Let's see, a secret episode, limit episode, secret bosses. So, yeah, just a lot of the... uh, Basically, all the accoutrement people would associate with Kingdom Hearts 3 Final Mix is just being released as this DLC. One day, you will be able to purchase this and the the game and the DLC on a disc, and it will be called Kingdom Hearts 3 Final Mix. (laughs) I predict
0: this. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that, especially considering how well the game sold. Yeah, five notes. It's, yeah. It's impressive.
1: Did pretty well for them. Uh, yep. but yeah So yeah, anyone that's interested in especially because like I played through KH3 and I loved it, but it was also it's probably the easiest game in the series, so the addition of critical mode is a huge boon to me in particular. <laughs> uh let's see, do we want to let's see to one more of these persona questions since it's okay. a mildly interesting one and we could maybe come back to this if we get gaijin later uh do you prefer random or fixed dungeons in persona Hmm. this I, is also from Udai.
0: i think i'm gonna go right out and say fixed i
1: would say i prefer fixed except uh, okay no uh, i'm thinking of persona like persona 5 has really good fixed dungeons yeah, uh, I was going to say, like, Persona 3 and 4 have random dungeons that are okay, but Persona 1 and 2 have fixed dungeons that are for
0: made by depraved lunatics. <laughs> so fixed if they're designed well, is what we're Like, saying. if
1: we're going off of Persona 5 as the paradigm we're talking about, I prefer fixed.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, Mementos is fine. I went through, you have to go through all of it eventually, it's fine. <laughs> But uh, you know, it's not as like the fixed dungeons in five really felt like they added a lot. They did a lot with sort of the ideas and design and underlying mentalities that created them in five, which I think gave them a lot more interest than particularly Tartarus in three is really really boring. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very much a sign of when the series was assigned a fairly limited budget, because that is the most, like, make a generation scheme that throws out uncompletable dungeons and make a bunch of texture maps for it, and there you're done. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, they've they've kind of moved forward. They it seems like with each one they've budgeted more, and part of the pl- ways they've used that budget is to have actually designed dungeons. So it always because like Persona Four has randomized dungeons, but some of the floors are fixed because they need to do because they want to do dungeon puzzles.
2: Hmm.
1: And so you get to five where like all of the dungeons are fixed except for Mementos, which is specifically the unfixed dungeon, and it's sort of like oh. Okay, so you always wanted to do fixed dungeons, you just didn't have the time or budget for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, I think... I, in general, this kind of feeds into the fact that I think I generally prefer designed content to generated content. They, they kind of... Uh, the two ideas kind of force you into certain kinds of content. Right. And in general, the kinds of content that gets designed is generally more interesting to me than, like, here's an emergent roguelike dungeon. But my dislike of roguelikes is well documented, so we won't go
0: into that. (laughs) But, I mean, uh, I'm the roguelike fan here, and I even prefer it, because I don't think... uh,
1: It wasn't taking advantage of what makes a randomly
0: generated dungeon interesting. Right. Had Had they done something interesting... With uh, random randomly generated dungeons, I'd probably be all for it, but they they just simply haven't
1: like the it mementos is more interesting, although not so much for the layouts it can produce, but like the what weather does to the dungeon uh, forever laughing at uh so wheels, you know there's a grim reaper in 5 cuz there's always a grim reaper. Right. So there's a there is a quick EXP exploit where one of the condition weather conditions causes an an, an enemy to start the battle depressed. Huh. And in 5, if something is depressed, if if it's not cured, it can't act and if it's not cured in 2 turns it dies. Wow. So one of the EXP farming exploits that people found in Vanilla Persona Five was to wait for that time to appear, draw the Reaper, and keep running into it until it starts the battle depressed. <laughs> and then, you know, you could do that no matter what your party's level was, because if it manages to if you manage to get that fight to start, you can't lose it. Great. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, But yeah, like that, that is an interesting interaction of uh, the dungeon and things that are not strictly within the dungeon. But even that's not randomly generated because the weather in the game is predetermined, like every day has an assigned weather. (laughs) For clear reasons because like there are certain things you can't do during certain weathers and so you could create scenarios where a player wanted to be able to do something and had no way and could be dealt a bad enough hand that they just never could do it. (laughs) So yeah. Uh, In general I don't think they ever did anything interesting with it. I don't think their game design really allowed for them to do anything interesting with it. Like it's just not that kind of game. So I'm, I'm fine with like focusing on, the, crafted dungeons and like having the, side randomly generated dungeon.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I would be fine with that paradigm continuing into Persona Six. Uh, do we want to hit another one?
0: Yes. Yeah, t- yeah, we can do one more.
1: This, I've been sort of like catching the like. There's half of Budai's question I left off because Gaijin might actually have something to say on that one, so I'm leaving that one around. Uh, uh, does it seem Call of Duty's popularity has declined? What does it say about the current climate of gaming tastes?
0: That's not an RPG. <laughs> it has it this... has level ups that you yeah. get when you multiplay. Just kidding. I don't care anyway. We we take all questions. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we kind of like contextualize things through RPGs, but yeah. we can we can hit this.
0: Uh, I, I think I don't have a frame of reference to be able to tell how popular Call of Duty is.
1: It's still very popular, but one, it's clearly not the zeitgeist anymore because that's yeah. battle royale games now. And two, I am well, pretty is, sure that year over year its sales have been tumbling.
0: Well, it is a battle royale game now.
1: Yes. on that bandwagon. Uh, let me double check what the, the numbers are. Call Duty year over year.
2: Okay.
1: Uh. Hey, okay. Codblops four. Uh, did. $500 million worldwide on its first three days, but this was seen as a disappointment, and their and Activision Blizzard stock fell 7%. Jeez.
0: Okay. Ah,
1: uh, that's where they were concerned. Growth was expected over Call of Duty World War II, but basically they hit a point where they were... They sold exactly as much as they
0: did the previous year. Ooh, that's not a good sign.
1: Yeah, usually that means... Like, when something stops selling better than its predecessor, that means that it's time to start worrying about how to revitalize it. Uh, but yeah, and I want to say World War Two was a pick-up from whatever was prior to that. I don't know. <laughs> they all have weird names, and it's hard to put them in order. But yeah, uh, as for what it says... um. The most, like, people still obviously love shooters. The most I would say is that they're starting to get tired of realistic shooters.
0: Yeah. I could see that. Uh, Overwatch is still big right now. Uh, Fortnite and Apex Legends are kind of at the top. and
1: They're both a little... They're Neither of them is silly, but they're both a little less serious.
0: Yeah, I would call uh, Fortnite silly. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, Fortnite is, is the one that I know of as the game where you shoot someone and they turn into a building, so... Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know the mechanics of how that works, but I'm very curious to
0: actually look it up and see what it looks like. It's kind of ridiculous.
1: But, yeah, let's see. Okay, before... Uh, before World War II was Infinite Warfare, which was when Call of Duty tried to be Halo... And Starring, I feel like... That, uh,
0: Kevin Spacey, right?
1: <laughs> let's not talk about him. <laughs> but uh, I guess I would contextualize that is that people kind of do want the more fantastical ones, but they don't want ones that are fantastical but still treating themselves as gritty as something like Call of Duty
0: Infinite Warfare would. Right.
1: So I feel like that's if you wanted my very amateur market analysis, that's what I would say was what could be determined out of that set, set of data is that shooters are every bit as popular, especially multiplayer shooters as they've ever been. But that people like, I think the other thing is that tiered progression systems as the arbiter, as like a, Chain, as a thing to get you to keep playing, or also maybe going out of style. Mm. Like the Call of Duty leveling progression system has kind of given way to the like loot boxy. Like, oh, I might get something just really good, but like, how much do those loot boxes even affect your play style? It's just like,
0: oh, I don't think it's even loot boxes so much anymore. It's all about the battle passes. That's, yeah, I don't, I don't know how those
1: understand i don't understand how those work at all
0: you Um, you pay some money and then um as you play you level up the battle pass and you get certain prizes as it levels up
1: i'm given to understand that the carrot at the end of this is that theoretically if you manage to play a ton of the game the battle pass can the prizes from the battle pass can be used to purchase the next battle pass
0: uh, I think that's only appeared in, like, Fortnite, maybe a few games. Mm-hmm. Usually it's, you gotta pay. Yeah. I Like, the
1: idea is to encourage the idea that you could, but right. make it require so much playtime that few people ever will. Right. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I feel like that progression system has sort of turned into this, like... Because, like, Battle Passes, a lot of what they give you are the things you'd get from loot
0: boxes. Right. Sometimes even just loot boxes. It's kind of just giving you a different way to get that stuff.
1: Yeah. But it feels like you're earning it, which triggers bad things in your brain. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, what did level... You might know this better night What did levels actually do in Call of Duty?
0: Um, you had to be certain levels to use certain weapons and stuff in your loadouts. That's an awful idea. How did that last 10 years? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Because that really stratifies
1: a new player as just being unable to compete entirely.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: That's awful. That I, I had never actually looked at how that worked. That's terrible. Uh, <laughs> so moving away from that was, pr- like... What people liked about those systems is that it made you more committed to the game. And what a battle pass does is that, but it does that in ways that doesn't require you to have played a ton of the game to get into the game. Right. So I feel like that's the other thing that you learn from that, is that that system went on its way out because it was a way that worked, but that no one actually really wanted. Right. Hopefully, we move away from some of the more toxic ideas and battle passes, but they also sound like they're probably a lot more profitable than that, too, so.
0: Yeah, they're kind of annoying.
1: But I would say that the barometer of Call of Duty is that I don't think Activision offers Call of Duty Elite anymore.
0: I don't think so, no.
1: Yeah, looking at this, Wikipedia is describing that in the past tense. <laughs> so that was. Okay, Elite... Man, that happened way longer ago than I realized. That was a... Uh, that was from... That ended in 2014. But I feel like that's when you would say that, like, the zeitgeist started slipping, and for a brief period we had other things, and now we've got freaking Battle Royales. But... Yeah. Uh, what it says... Eh, people want video games to be less stressful for a bit.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And if you want a game that has loot boxes, battle passes, and items you can just buy individually, play Paladins or probably Smite too. It's probably the same way. Just,
1: just like play video games that don't require you to be exploited by a shadowy cabal. Uh <laughs>
0: well, I mean really, it's uh, you know, I want to try and dismiss it cuz it's like it's all cosmetic stuff, but the cos- but they're playing like the when, cosmetic when... stuff is fun. <laughs> The, the yes. cos,
1: they they create games that are designed to make you care about a character, and then say you want this silly thing for your favorite character. Right. You can't choose to buy that, and like that's what's ugly there, and what is designed like absolutely a predatory practice. Yeah, is to make something and to build your game, your monetization system around making it enticing but saying that you can't buy it you have to gamble for it yeah if you give me the option if you tell me like you can get a loot box with x y and z in it for $5 or you can get like let's let's say $3 i don't know how much loot boxes cost i don't
0: buy them <laughs> but how much do they cost wheel um uh, 10 to 15 i want to say Jeez. Oh, wait, loot boxes? I'm sorry. Yeah, loot boxes. boxes. Um, trying to remember how much it is. They could get, like, five or seven for five bucks in Overwatch.
1: Yeah, so you're basically buying a bunch of $1 scratch-off lottery tickets. Right. So, like, you can buy that, or I can buy the actual skin for, like, a se- $7, but I know what I'm getting. I'll say that's ugly and I wish that you wouldn't give me the gambling option because you're exploiting people that have issues with, like, you know, because gambling addiction is a very real thing and causes problems for humans. But, like, at least you give me the option to, I can get what I want and never engage with your predatory nonsense. Mm -hmm. But when you just tie everything to only be obtainable entirely at random and you make it's especially disgusting because a lot of these things... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to go on a tear here. Uh, it's especially disgusting because a lot of these things, what they'll do is they'll make a skin that's like character-specific and that a player would desire to have, and then they say, and it's only available from the loot boxes for the next three weeks. Yep. That's disgusting. Like, that is... Because it makes it... It's putting another pressure, like, I really want this skin. Yeah. If I don't get it now, it's not just that more things will be in the pool and it'll be even less likely to get it. It's that it literally, the chance becomes zero. Yeah. I need to spend, spend, spend to get the thing I want. That's gross.
0: It's, <laughs> it's gross. And uh, I guess the other side of the coin is it means there's always going to be lots of new stuff. Like, there's a constant flow of content. So, and that's
1: destroying people who work at Epic.
0: Yes, it is, and I was kind of heartened to see that the respawn people basically said, "Yeah, we're not going to do that." So you're going to get. Stuff we're going slower. to do
1: things. You will get stuff once every season. You'll you'll get your battle passes. I mean, sure, whatever. You do what you want, but you'll like. We are just going to introduce new stuff every season instead of having to have a constant flow of content. And I hope that that does not get them, like, ultimately destroyed in this competition.
0: Uh, I mean, at least the reaction from players seemed to be positive. Um, so that's good. We'll see if it affects their habits, because that's, that's a thing.
1: I hope that people are capable of... I, I hope that the populace at large playing these is, you know, swayed by that commitment. And is not in fact thirsting for the uh, the ugly fruit of that uh, of the tree of let's just make things constantly. you can't stop <laughs>
0: yeah, we will see, um. yeah. I mean, Respawn's was, been
1: very good at holding to business models regardless of what EA wants them to be doing. So. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, the, the you got one of the big dogs in Overwatch who um, is definitely slower on releasing new content. So you have a, like, obviously Blizzard has a lot more money to throw. Well, you know, what am I saying? They're talking about EA here. Um, yeah, not a th- lot more. I, but I, there's a proving there's right. There's a proven game out there that that shows that you don't have to do this ridiculous stream of content. You can be yeah. slower, and you know it works out.
1: And maybe don't just destroy everyone who works there. Right. Uh, but yeah, so
0: yeah, that's.
1: I feel like we started at Call of Duty and then I ranted about loot boxes for ten minutes. No,
0: it's it's an interesting conversation because there's, you know, it games as a service is we we won't it sort of feels like it's been going on for a while, but it's really kind of relatively new. So, I mean,
1: it's, it's still clear that publishers and developers are feeling out what they can get away with and how these should be put together.
0: Yeah. So I think this is a conversation that can continue for a long time yet, and uh, we'll see what becomes of it. I, f- I hope, hopefully, w- one thing that comes of it is less uh, stressed-out Epic developers. And, less Epic developers being forced to work 70-hour work weeks. Yeah, and I, honestly, that makes me kind of wonder how overworked the poor Paladin developers might be.
1: Yeah, it's probably a nightmare. Um Yeah, we've been, like, at this point, there's so many exposés about, like, overworked developers that I just sort of, like, I assume that everyone in this industry is overworked until something proves otherwise. Because, I mean, there was also the freaking Mortal Kombat 11 stuff that came out this week as well. Yeah. That was some ugliness. Uh, Don't treat people like animals, and don't treat people like disposable cups. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh,
0: otherwise,
1: how do we want to do this? Do we want to leave this, try to make this seamless? Or? We'll do
0: it like this. This may be the end of this episode or the halfway point. Either way, here's some music to enjoy. So, see you next time or see you shortly. <laughs> see <laughs> you, Space Cowboys. that work? Maybe. <laughs> Perfect. And we're back. <laughs> and recording on the same night. with
3: Absolutely no different. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh.
3: Amazing, amazing. The wonder of time zones. Yes. Yes.
0: And we we have <laughs> we have two people with us now.
3: <laughs> Magic.
0: <laughs>
1: what are we doing? One of them's a lot more sympathetic than the rest of us though yes
3: of <laughs> course, in a moment we may have four um four people with us
1: Sweet.
3: so
2: <laughs>
3: Raina? <laughs> hello
2: <laughs> Come
3: to nanny.
0: they're talking to Daddy
3: Come to nanny.
0: Should we sing the Mickey Mouse clubhouse theme song? <laughs> Would that help? Would that help?
3: Say hello, Raina. Say hello. Hello, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great. You're great. Great. How old are you? I'm two. You're two, yes. Well, Raina, it's nap time, okay? I'm two. You're two. Mm
2: Two? Oh, no. Go to bed.
3: Yes. So let's go to bed, okay? No. Yes. It's nap time. Hmm. It's been nap time for 50 minutes now.
0: Let's go. My kids started fighting nap time.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, she's raging a cute little gorilla war. Okay. Okay. So, what questions have we asked or answered so far?
0: We have tons of them, I think.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of tried to pick around ones that you might have feelings on, so.
2: Mm. You know.
1: Oh, hit me with tomato, one. That's a
3: good
2: tomato.
3: one. So tomato, please.
2: Tomato, please. Yes. Tomato. Tomato.
0: Tomato. So? Let me grab the list. Do you have the list handy, Dave?
1: Uh, I have the 114 list, not the 113.
0: One. Uh, do do?
1: Let's get that other one out as well.
0: 114.
1: Uh, did you drop it?
0: Uh, something something Persona, Kingdom Hearts. Wow. Uh, do we do the super bosses question? We did not. Okay. That's probably okay, a good Okay, read one. it, please. That's probably a good one. Uh, where do you stand on optional super bosses? Uh, This is from Kroll by the way. Uh, What if anything inclines you to take on a 45 minute battle where you scarf all your valuable healing consumables in exchange for nothing more than a cosmetic item and bragging rights? And screw cancer. Sorry to hear about the rough times. Thank you Kroll.
3: Well it really depends on how they're handled because I'm perfectly fine with them being optional with in an extension of the game or in post-game content. Pretty much anything except for what Final Fantasy X did. Mm. Which was, all of them suddenly show up in the game after you beat a particular boss and unlock the airship without warning you. (laughs) And um, in in fact, um, if you leave that boss's chamber and then go back to get the special item that you forgot to get you won't be able to get it because there is a giant dragon that can hit you for five digits of damage, and that's only because they don't give the sixth digit. (laughs) Yeah. And you suddenly cannot visit several other locations in the game because, again, you will be met with other super high-powered versions of summon monsters that will kill you dead very quickly. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. Yes. Otherwise, otherwise, people need stuff for bragging rights, and they never, ever put anything into, into the main game that would force you to stretch the game's combat to the absolute limit anyway.
1: FF10 featured before international no bosses that required you to have everyone use quick hit 50 hun- 1500 times. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, most
3: game. I mean, most RPGs are not megaton and they I do not. Well, that's Dave. Um, and they don't. <laughs> they don't require. I mean, most games series are not Mega Ten and they don't require you to really, really mess with the battle system in order to beat bosses towards the end. To that degree,
1: so Uh, I I think FF10 is a very good marker of why these need to be opt-in rather Mm -hmm. than because
3: Final Final Fantasy X also came in at the very start of what would end up being like a like the post-game content generation of gaming.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, FF didn't have a lot of the... Like, the most that they had before this was, like, they would have one, maybe two. Like, FF7 International has two. (laughs) Final Fantasy
3: V had two, locked away in different parts of the final level, and you actually had to work to find them. Actually, no, you had to work to find... You didn't have to, you just had to avoid walking into them. Shinryu is really mean. (laughs) So is Omega Weapon.
1: Ugh. Yeah, I have accidentally walked into Omega Weapon several times. Whoops. Yeah. Because yeah. he's just sort of chilling there, next to, like, thankfully next to a save point. They knew they couldn't be that cruel, but... Yeah.
3: I Man, yeah, uh-huh. he's just kind of, walk, he's just standing there, and if you decide to go up and talk to him, then you are dead. <laughs> or if he runs into
1: you, he, he can't move. He can't, uh, yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to think, like, the earliest of these I can even think of is... Warmax slash Omega in FF1, which is a 1 in 128 chance fight yeah. in one stretch of hallway.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, Final Fantasy Legend 2 had the entirety of the Nasty Dungeon.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Which, I mean, no actual optional boss there, but the entire level is completely
1: optional. Like, an optional dungeon is like an optional boss, except much crueler and much longer. <laughs> hey, it was... It was as
3: advertised. The dungeon was mean and nasty. You better not go in. Uh,
1: but and the yeah. fact
3: that um, they made the fairy who, t- um, who guides you in that dungeon an optional boss in the DS remake was really fun. <laughs> Give you a chance to beat her up for stranding you in the middle of the dungeon.
1: Wow. Rude.
3: Oh, no. I mean, that's the thing. If you make it all the way to the end of the nasty dungeon... And you talk to the fairy, and she asks if you agree with her, and if she was right, and if you du- if you say no that it wasn't a mean and nasty dungeon, she will zap you back to the middle of the dungeon with all teleportation items disabled. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a little evil, incredibly rude.
3: Yes. So yeah, so she's an optional boss um, in the arena for the remake. Yes, Rena, It was yeah, very catty of her. Yes. Here you go.
1: But, uh, let's see. Uh, Square really went nuts with these after a certain point. Uh, I think the actual max... The, the the numbers game for the most of these has to be uh, somewhere between uh, FF12 and Kingdom Hearts. FF12 has some really strange high-level hunts, and Kingdom Hearts 2 has, like... 17 or so bonus bosses as of final mix (laughs) yeah
3: yeah the metal max games had a lot of fun with this too because i mean they're already built up around track um tracking down these mostly optional super ugly things and getting rid of them so adding a few more like in post-game or in download content was pretty normal um, in later games Except Zeno.
1: Um,
3: except Zeno but Zeno was a disappointment in so many ways
1: yeah I, I really just wanted to bring that up to just let, let Zeno know that I'm disappointed in it
3: <laughs> <laughs> we are all disappointed in it because it could have been so much better it, it's now one of my textbook cases of how you can have a game that's technically superior and so inferior to its predecessor yeah um, it makes for a better example than the second Maple Story 3DS game yeah. <laughs> That one was at least passable
1: yeah, uh, It was
3: passable, it just wasn't nearly as good as its DS predecessor
1: Yeah uh, I'm trying to think of ones of these that I actually bothered with Right now okay. um, like that, The aforementioned Kingdom Hearts ones I bothered with
0: What about that optional boss in Super Mario RPG Qliks? Yeah Yo, I beat him. I remember that. He was, he was fun.
1: He's fun. Um, Here you go. Typically, I, I don't bother with these because a lot of times the combat is not actually interesting enough to warrant yeah. the kind of depth plumbing that it will require. Yeah. I know. Some of the... I mean,
3: depending on the game and the series, most of the Atelier bosses are optional to begin with. Hmm. And some of them get really fun and some of them require some real min maxing of the equipment list.
1: Uh, so. yeah. Do you ever bother with these wins?
0: Not usually. Um I remember enjoying watching my brother mess around with the the super bosses in Final Fantasy Seven, but that's about it. I don't didn't really do too much of it myself. <laughs>
3: Not me. <laughs> Weapons are nasty, Reyna. That's all you need to know, okay? Yes. The... Really? Yes. So let's throw it away. Can you throw it away, Reina? Here. Thank you. You're welcome. So cool. Trash can's over there. Okay, so... The. Uh... Yeah. yeah, um... I mean I don't mind like optional bosses in terms of like a an extra side quest for some for a character or something. Which would be most of the later bosses in Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Uh I <laughs> or, remember... just, or just something really weird and random like the the black rabbi t- t- in second Setsu 3. Which I did beat at one point, the the guy.
1: <laughs> I remember uh, in terms of like I was trying to think of like a post game that a lot of people played and like, depending upon, I think it's fair to call the Kanto section of Pokemon Gold and Silver a post game. And I feel like that might be the most played of them. (laughs)
3: Yeah, that's definitely a post game. Uh, Mm
1: -hmm. Can you throw that away? At the time, people sort of treated it like a second half and that's uh, not accurate, but it caused a lot more people to play it than I think might otherwise have.
3: Yeah. Um. Uh-huh. It's chopsticks. Okay.
2: That's
3: it. What is it? What is it?
2: Tissue.
3: That's right. It's tissue. Yes. Um. So yeah, what was a good one no. for post-game stuff then? Um, hey. Um. The optional boss in Illusion of Gaia.
1: Hmm. That... Oh, the one from Soul Blazer.
3: Yeah, the first Soul Blazer boss who is slumming it through Illusion of Gaia, disguised as a jeweler, and you have to locate all the red gems for him and get various prizes, and the last prize on his list is my secret, and the secret is in fact that he is a demon from hell that is planning on reviving and killing everything as soon as you get <laughs> all the gems.
1: They required you
3: to do a lot hmm. of questions. <laughs> yeah. And considering there was no backtracking in that game, if you just missed one, then you're Oh, well. You always wondered what was going to happen. You just
1: don't get to know his secrets.
3: Oh, yeah, until you end up replaying the game four times and actually finding them all. There are worse games to
1: do that with. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, that's one of those ones... Uh, oh, here's here's one that I always thought was kind of interesting. Uh, there was a set of uh, interaction... Like, Star Ocean 2 has a bunch of these, because... Mm-hmm but getting to all of them is stupid. Like, yeah. Uh, Sounds like Star Ocean. So like, there's the bonus dungeon that you get by talking to an old man in uh, in the middle of an arena in a random town in the middle of the second half of the game mm-hmm. that takes you to a bonus dungeon located in the first half of the game. And to get the bonus bosses in that dungeon, you have to set up your party to play as an orchestra to lure them out for some reason? i don't know why that's the case but they're both ridiculous but it also has the very strange situation where if you undertake a handful of very specific actions uh throughout the game you can turn the final boss into a bonus boss caliber enemy where like his level will shoot up from about 70 to about 250 some of the saga games do that too Yeah, I I always thought that was kind of an interesting approach to, like, turn the final boss into a super boss. Yeah.
3: Oh, the egg in Saga Frontier 2, where the six preceding bosses were all potentially optional. Mm -hmm. You wanted to take out as many of them as you could. Yeah. So, and you could only take out four of them. Yeah. So...
1: yeah, yeah. As, as for ones of these that i actually bother with uh i've, I've done the two and ff5 a few times uh i did the ff10 ones mostly because at that point i hated the game and i wanted to show it that i had defeated everything that it had to offer it was a very strange psychology
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh the other one Uh, Oh, yeah, I I did a bunch of the Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 ones, because I'm broken in the head. (laughs) Uh, Never done really any of the ones from the SMT series, because I don't hate myself that much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are the ones that always stick out. You will?
2: (laughs) Uh, oh, and the
3: uh, super rare Pokemon quests.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know why I have done multiple roaming legendaries in my life because that's not a fun task. Mm. But, uh. Wheels?
0: Uh. Uh, the most recent optional thing I really did was the um, Ultra Beasts and Pokemon Moon.
1: At first I thought you said Altered Beasts?
0: No. God, no.
1: <laughs> Slightly uh, different game.
0: Yes. But those, uh, I, despite the name, I wouldn't really call those Ultra Bosses because they were all pretty easy. But they were pretty fun.
1: Pokemon so, is always is usually in a weird place because like it has to have two kinds of bonus bosses it has the bonus boss Pokemon that you're intended to catch so they can't be so powerful as to immediately destroy you
2: mm-hmm.
1: because you need to be able to set up and just throw balls at them for 20 turns mm-hmm. but then you'll look at you'll have like oh here's the super champion <laughs> or the uh frontier yeah, yeah. yeah the battle yeah. frontier is true for- Crazy people.
3: Yep. In that uh, case it's the trainers who are the super bosses.
1: Yeah. But they they are perfectly allowed to have Pokemon that will absolutely destroy you instantly because you aren't supposed to sit around waiting for them to <laughs> waiting for the chance to steal them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So yeah, not not a lot of rhyme or reason to what compels me other than it has to feel interesting. In terms of the gameplay,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Um.
1: So,
3: well, okay, how about this? And if you were to design a, or designate an optional boss for a game that you liked, what would it be? Hmm. hmm. Oh, wait, we forgot Final Fantasy VI, the Dragons. Oh, yeah. Which that was led a- up to
1: nothing in the original version.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were a lot of fun, though. The yeah they unlocked no. lock, um crusader gets, yeah you got something
1: yeah but it feels like the it feels like they were always <sighs> intending what's in the gba version That's which true. is just the additional like kaiser dragon uh that was a, a good addition though uh, see oh here's one final fantasy 7 doesn't have an omega weapon hmm. it, ought to. <laughs> uh,
3: it has ultimate weapon yeah plumber. it has an ultimate weapon but which i think is supposed to be the
1: same thing more or less no because for whatever reason they've realized what they've done dirge of cerberus adds an omega weapon into the game. Weapons are so much more a part of the plot of FF7 that it feels even weirder that it doesn't have an Omega weapon.
2: Mm hmm.
1: It just had Sapphire, Diamond, Emerald, and Ruby. Yeah. But no Pearl. Uh, you, could, you could do a lot more uh,
2: weapons.
1: 7 I suspect Omega will probably find its way to... Right?
2: <laughs> Reina,
3: let's go to bed so i need to teach you some video game songs yes important
1: yes da, 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 da. um but yeah I, I would suspect that some of those extra weapons may find their way into the remake whenever whenever that comes out between now and doomsday
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: But that that would be the one I would immediately think of.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
3: And oh, now I'm having flashbacks to Megaton optionals. I don't yeah. want to think about the Demi Fiend and like Digital Devil Saga again. There we go. Well, not even just that. I mean, there was like a rare encounter that I found in Shimagami Tensei if. That just deer. killed me. Deer. Yes, that's a deer. deer. Yes, it is cute. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it can be both. <laughs> each other. Uh-huh.
3: Well, we we almost went to sleep earlier. It was nice to drink. oh. oh. Uh, one moment. <laughs>
0: So how do we uh, teach his daughter Yokai watch songs? Do oh, we... don't. No.
1: I don't feel like that's alright. That's up <laughs> that's up to the family.
0: <laughs> no, nah, I think it's alright. Everyone should know such classic songs. No.
1: Wheels Dream Dashed.
0: Oh.
2: Okay,
3: so I am back and she's on the futon for another five minutes. <laughs> gotta get it through now sorry five seconds here's
0: your pikachu go to bed good night oh this is all so so very familiar to me i'm so sorry
1: no worries no worries <laughs> wheels will edit out approximately
0: one third of this no oh, no God. this is it's, it's adorable this is gold. yes besides you know i don't have the patience to do that amount of editing anyway I should have known. (laughs) Uh,
1: But yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, I remembered another bonus boss that I've actually bothered to kill, which is the Grim Reaper in several uh, Persona games. Yeah. But they usually give you non-cosmetic rewards for that, so that kind of doesn't count. (laughs) Yeah. so Gudjan Wheels, what are you gonna what would you add to the to what games do you think are missing something um, in terms of bonus bosses?
0: Raina <laughs> Uh well watched a Pokemon movie not too long ago where kinda of, well kind, bear with me for a minute. The whole prim, part of the whole premise was the characters are trying to fight um uh which legendary was it?
3: I was going to say, which Pokemon movie was this? Uh,
0: it was one of the newer ones. Um, God, why am I drawing a blank on the freaking legendary Phoenix? What type? Say, the, the Phoenix-y bird.
3: Ho-ho. Ho-Ho.
0: Yes, thank you. So the whole premise is they're, they want to be able to fight Po. So mm-hmm. I think kind of a cool thing to do would be to have some sort of quest line where you could do to get into like an actual very very difficult fight with some legendary that you can't capture but it's just like like an optional cool fight where you take on some legendary like that I think that would be kind of cool
1: I feel like it would hurt a lot of people to dangle a legendary in front of them and tell them they couldn't have it
0: yeah I guess it would have to be capturable but mm-hmm just, you know, do, do like, one of the legendaries that may only appear as, like, oh, you have to go to this store and get one of these cards. That's the only way you'll get this legendary in this game. Just do something cool where, okay, you can get it whenever in the game, but it requires a very, very difficult fight that you're going to have to work towards. I think that would be a cool thing to do.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: My brain is just currently going towards like something ridiculous. I mean some something like the Black Rabbite or the hamster in Valkyrie profile. Oh god. Oh. Yeah. Which would mean seriously just for the bragging rights or to complete a monster index or something.
1: Just to say, yeah, I had to do a twenty minute fight against a hamster. Yeah
3: because the thing was so low, I couldn't actually hit it straight. It's yeah. the
1: eternal fighting game problem. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Mm. So. yeah. Hmm. Um, I think another cool thing that uh, ha- I think happens a lot in like action RPGs and similar... It probably has shown up in some turn-based games, so I'm not thinking. of would just do a boss rush mode. Something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like, I guess yeah. you would load in your characters from the main game? Yeah. Yeah. Zodiac Age kind of has that.
0: <laughs> or just have, like, an area you can go in-game and then do the boss rush mode.
1: So an arena, if you will. So, yeah, uh, I mean...
0: Like, not, an, like Final Fantasy Tens, Right, but not necessarily, you know... F- but like an Endurance run, like you have to make it through all these bosses without any sort of break in between them. Something like that. So
1: Zodiac so. Age.
0: Yes, well, I mean, Zodiac Age has, like, everything, so... <laughs> How's know. that treating your wheels? I have... I I want to sit down and play it properly and that I haven't... This is three nights in a row recording so I oh yeah really you were on you know,
1: probably like six hours last night i'm just making yeah it was, we
0: were we uh did a backtrack on breath of the wild yesterday and Link between worlds so
3: it's been around long enough to have a backtrack
0: um i guess i two think people y-
1: just really want to talk
0: about breath of the wild well, I, I think <laughs> two years is when a game is eligible for them to talk about it so
1: Oh, yeah. One other bonus boss that I've actually consistently fought is the Yakuza one that's the Joamon. Who, you know, at least once had just a giant laser, so...
2: That
1: was a series of fights to remember. (laughs) Yeah, uh... Yeah, I I feel like the easiest way to get me to fight these is for me to care enough about the combat to actually want to get good at it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it has to be fun to play first before you subject yourself to something ridiculous. Mm
0: -hmm. Hey, now that that I'm thinking of it, you know, Monster Hunter. It's
3: nothing but.
0: Yes, (laughs) basically half of the content in the game is optional ultra-boss fights.
3: Yeah, but I mean, when that's the entire modus operandi of the series, I'm not sure if you can count it like that.
0: Yeah, probably not. But, uh,
1: yeah. Uh, let's see. Shall we move on? Or
0: Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, what's the next one? Uh... uh p- p- p-
1: Um, let's, let's do one that we can probably hit fairly quickly. Do you ever get the feeling that emulation just doesn't feel as good as the real thing?
3: Yeah, but yeah. partly
1: that's the monitor. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of it because the a lot of the things I'd care to emulate are meant for CRTs.
3: Uh, yeah, and so you you get this nice fuzzy rounded feeling on the old CRTs, and you get this very crisp pixel perfect image on the computer or modern TV and it just does not
1: match I feel like for me the thing that is always the biggest hurdle is actually the controller I want to play games with a thing that feels like the controller they were meant to be played with and that's often not the case
3: (laughs) yeah I, I just tend to adapt to whatever
1: yeah I think that the hang up will probably be different for different people but yeah I definitely get the feeling of like it's harder for an emulated game to hold my interest. It doesn't feel right. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I think it's especially true for me for like Game Boy games.
1: <laughs> I demand screen ghosting.
0: Well, yeah, it's yeah, I don't know. I mean it's true that like
1: you'll look at an old Game Boy game and it's like this was never this clear, what has happened? Yeah. I know I weird. I mean I, this is why I this is why I hang on to
3: a Game Boy SP and a DS and just mm-hmm. so I can play these things.
1: It's important cuz they don't emulate very good. Well, Game Boy emulates okay, but I mean it also sh- you're inevitably going to be blowing it up which looks awful. Yeah.
2: Mhm.
3: I mean, games that are made to look like old Game Boy games on still on the computer, that's fine.
1: Yeah. I'm just trying to look up like a lot of these old systems have very strange low resolutions uh, or very weird workarounds for
3: their own architecture.
1: Yeah, the Game Boy's native resolution is 160 by 144. Yeah, which uh, looks weird at times. NES is 256 by 240. I want to say that, and a lot of that is probably lost by overscan anyway. <laughs> So effective resolution is actually 256 by 224. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with the SNES. I think the Mega Drive is slightly higher. And
3: I was just reading some fun and games with the old Apple Twos and their ability to produce colored pixels. <laughs> oh, except man. For every, so, except that the way it worked was, like, in order to actually get two colors to work, you ended up having your pixel... Frame or something like that. Mm, yeah. And in order to get four colors to work, you uh, reduced it even more. And and if you wanted to actually get to the eight colors that they advertised, apparently, you ended up going into overflow RAM.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like trying to get any kind of color graphics on a lot of super old computers involves putting them into very strange. Uh, display modes they typically didn't actually use that much because it was ludicrously impractical. Mm-hmm. let see. Yeah, Genesis resolution is 320 by 224. The absolute uh, pinnacle. S- Look how high-res this is. Um, that's also a fun thing to do, is to Go look at old games and see uh, the description, high-resolution graphics, showing how much the goalposts shift on the phrase high-resolution over time. Well,
3: that's what you get when you don't actually have a definition for the term that sounds good.
1: Yeah. It always sounds good. Yeah. Like organic. Yeah. Yes. Organic high-resolution videos. But... Yeah. Uh... In general, though, like, it's it's hard to recreate the atmosphere of sitting in front of a TV with or in front of a handheld that is old. So, emulation, typically I only finish something that's really, really good. Mm.
3: Or that's really, really rare and you just wanted to find out what it's like.
1: Yeah, pretty much. But even then, like, unless it's also really good, I probably won't be finishing. <laughs> well. Yeah. All yeah. right. If you broke
3: the ice cream cone. It's okay. Here you are. Okay, bye-bye. Go. Let's go back. Okay, yes.
1: Let's see. I will not include one of these questions that is just bait for me. Um, Thank you for that. Listen, sometimes I want to talk about Ace Attorney, but no one else wants to, so I don't.
3: Yeah. Let's see. Unless we're talking about the YouTube video, the turntable turnaround. Man, I think I've seen that. Oh no. Oh okay, no. Oh, you, it's you need to watch this sometime, but it's it's quite funny.
1: Oh. Uh, send me the link after the recording.
3: It'll do. But yeah, um, let's see. There was a something I there was a question I answered on Quora a couple like last week is uh, one of the first games I got on my original DS was this obscure game called Eco Creatures that I loved even more than Super Mario. What's your favorite little known game for a Nintendo DS?
2: Hmm.
3: There's a lot of those. Yeah, I know. My answer on this ended up with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven series, <laughs> ten games. And, uh, <laughs> and the first response from the person who asked the question was like, wait, there's a sequel to Eco Creatures? And it's like, yes, there is. (laughs) Now you have to track that
0: down. (laughs) There's a game called Eco Creatures? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's like a
3: RTS game where you're leading hordes of beavers, squirrels, and uh, flying squirrels in a cute little druid (laughs) zergle.
0: That sounds kind of awesome.
3: Yeah, I... I, um, actually played and reviewed the second game of the series. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, you're fighting against, um, well, in the first game, it was a, uh, the, the kingdom next door, the chancellor was kind of a maniacal toy maker. Who's trying to cut down more trees so he could produce more toys for his king and queen. Um, and the second game, the villain is the mega mecha company which are out to tr- literally try and denude all of the islands in the archipelago to produce stuff yeah that sounds so powerful <laughs> yeah ice
2: cream mm-hmm. <laughs> I get
3: the ice cream thank you yeah it's yeah if you want an environmentally friendly message in your gaming this is a good one <laughs> go ahead have go your ice cream oh I get the broken one thank you okay <laughs>
1: yes let's see let's a few quick ones have you ever played an RPG that you feel the puzzles were too confusing for their own good oh wait, man, Wheels probably shouldn't mention some uh, games that we had heard of we'll get back uh, to that question So I was
3: going to say for that one, Lufia too. yeah, that's definitely one of the more puzzle oriented ones except that they actually did a pretty good job with the balance of the puzzles and the ones that were really nasty were optional Important, like the world's hardest trick, which required a lot of puzzle solving just to find.
1: If if you solved the puzzles well enough to find it, you could probably solve the puzzle. I ah, know that was a tough
2: one.
3: Oh,
1: cool! Thank you.
3: Yes, it's on your
0: finger. Oh, oh careful! trying to think of like little-known DS games they played. Yes, it's never.
3: If you sit quietly, you get some jelly. Daddy, don't know sit. Jelly. Uh, we are moving that, on to that, over here. Sit.
0: That Heroes of Might and so Magic uh, like, puzzle-y RPG game, what was it called? Clash of Heroes? Yes, Clash of Heroes. Yes. I don't think a ton of people played that on DS, and I really Daddy. enjoyed that version of it. Yeah. <laughs> it perfect, was really good. I just wish that some of their,
3: I just wish their puzzle... Um, battles were available outside of the game. Yeah. Because they were all very limited by which chapter of the game you were playing through at the time.
2: Mm.
3: So, and um, outside of the camp main story co- campaign, you could fight against uh, um, just other characters at your choice, but you couldn't do any of the puzzle stuff. Right. Yeah. On the other hand, I really enjoyed just completely destroying anybody at random in the um in the like the random match stuff.
2: Mm.
3: So I mean I I would choose my hero at random too, just to have fun.
0: So. I haven't played that game in a while. I'm gonna have to dig it back up.
3: Yeah, I I played through it last year, um last summer before it ended up becoming a birthday present for my nephew in America. Oh nice. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just played all the way through it again just to, uh, just to enjoy it one last time. Yes. Uh, yeah, the
0: 360 version of that was actually the first game like I officially reviewed for the site, too. Wow. Well, other than um, Crystal Chronicles, Crystal Bears, but that was kind of just like a... Just my tryout for reviewing, I guess, that ended up getting posted anyway.
1: Marvel tryout.
0: But yeah, that was the first game like I got a review code for and, mm. and such.
1: Let's see, uh, I'm trying to think of anything that didn't actually get a lot of pickup among a certain nerd set. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's there's layers to this. Because I mean, DS had. No games that sold 50 million units, and I had games that sold 50,000 units, but those 50,000 units were good. among people that Thank you. niche.
3: Yeah. So. Hmm. There's some good puzzling ones. I mean, some of the Mario RPGs had some pretty good puzzle elements.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They kind of end up uh, like some of the better ones end up making use the multiple character dynamic. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. the worst Mario RPG had to deal with four po- four character. Mechanics.
1: Let's not do this rant again.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll stop. Up. right it's
1: there. It's a matter of public record that none of us likes partners in time. Yes. Uh,
0: Just give us partners in crime instead. Thank you. That's let
1: Mario I'm and Waluigi say. star do it. Yeah. Um,
0: well, I can't say anything because I've never actually played that one. Oh, good. State of course. Yes, <laughs> state of course.
3: Now you're making me want to try it anyway. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, enter enter like. at your own risk.
3: Sorry. Hey, I'm the guy who reviewed Tales of the Tempest, remember? Oh, that's true. And I even labeled the re- uh, titled the review, I was warned, but I did not listen.
1: <laughs> I put my hand on the stove. I have no one else to blame.
3: Yeah. Much, I still need to actually type up that review of Tales of Innocence. Hmm. So, meh.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that game was at least decent, but it wasn't uh, bad enough to want to rant about. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like my opening paragraph pretty much
3: says like after after beating the or like there were four Tales games on the DS and after beating the good, the bad and the froggy, I have come to the mediocre.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like those are the like being really angry at a game is a good excuse to want to write up a review just so that you can let something out about it.
2: But,
3: yeah. You spilled. Here you go.
2: hmm
3: Be careful. Okay.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: But uh, yeah. We should probably do this before Wheels has to oyasumi. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, I'm good, and I've had had coffee oh god that was like it evidently three, didn't work that was like five <laughs> hours ago never mind well you know you know what i had coffee like five hours ago and then i kind of dozed off on the couch for my kids were watching captain underpants so what you're saying Obviously it evidently it didn't, didn't work oh, that, in didn't two versions
3: uh, that that's where the that's where the images on twitter started coming from okay
0: yes uh yeah, my kids figured. are, are okay, my kids are in love with that show and i kind of think it's great too so Wait, the movie was excellent yeah the movie's fantastic
3: yeah <laughs> and I, the, just, uh, I just remember i'm um, trying to plan what to do when we visited my family two years ago and it's like okay what movies are showing right now captain underpants <laughs> Raina, that's your own fault there <laughs> Reyna, what were you doing?
1: How She's did you cause an effect?
3: <laughs> she, yes, I know your shirt is wet. That's because you siphoned out half of the half of the cup. Okay, hands up. Yes, we are not happy not now because we literally siphoned out, out, out half the water. <laughs> Whoops. How we did this, I'm not sure.
1: Two-year-olds are Pray resourceful, not. if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Washing machine.
3: Okay, oh, other shirt, too. Oh, no. My yes. Dress? Yes, your dress. Uh, yes. <laughs> we are almost three and we are talkative
0: oh it gets better just, just pick quote, your language quote unquote,
1: unquote. <laughs> i feel like that language setting keeps changing halfway through sentences
3: <laughs> well yes that happens in a bilingual household yes i would imagine
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes had a combo. okay let's go
0: let's find your get your undershirt i'm looking forward to when she gets to to the age uh where she's bossing you around, because that will be hilarious to hear about her bossing you around in two different languages.
1: Gotta learn twice as many bossy sentence constructions.
0: Yes. It's like, oh, daddy, daddy.
3: Nick. Sleep. Okay, yes. (laughs) That's a long-sleeve one. One moment. Let's find you a short-sleeve shirt.
2: Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, well, what, was our next... Stop. Go ahead. what was our next question? Something about oh. puzzles?
1: Yeah, we were discussing RPGs with puzzles hard enough that it became a problem. Uh,
3: well, I mean, there's always the the ones where the programmers or the developers thought, oh, this clue was going to be pretty obvious, and then it turns out nobody could figure it out.
2: Mm. Oh.
3: Or
1: Wizardry 4, but that's a different kind or... of thing. No, Paper Wizardry Mario. was just cruel.
0: That was, yeah. that was
2: intentional. If
0: Wizardry have 3. That. How about oh, pa- right Paper there. Mario Sticker Star? Oh, yeah. <laughs> People really couldn't,
1: ca- couldn't catch the weird logic that was running through those. Logic is kind yeah. of in air quotes there. <laughs>
0: uh, I love that game, but it broke me on multiple occasions.
3: It's like, Magi Nation, in order to get the bonus secret stuff, at the end, after a specific plot point, you had to go... And waking up after a specific plot point, you had to go straight back to that lo- previous location without talking to a single person in order to pick up an item. And thing is, that location was like three areas away, so you had to walk all the way back there, again, without talking to anybody to pick hmm. it up. If you talk to anybody, it disappeared. So once you actually get... Lo- once you actually get to the area later in the game that you're trying to figure out how in the world are we supposed to get in there and it turns out that hey you accidentally locked yourself out 4 hours ago. <laughs> Ball in the other room. Yes. So now we're playing catch over here.
2: <laughs> catch.
1: My favorite RPG. <laughs> yes. Well,
3: we're base... playing catch with a giant An Man beach ball.
1: Important.
0: I was going to say, if it's a baseball, baseball is basically the RPG of sports. And you can make the argument for football games, too. Yeah.
1: Can you can make that argument with the guy who designed the, uh, the GUI of the battles in Final Fantasy I. Right.
0: Wait, are we talking about football or football?
1: Football. American football.
0: I I mean, hey, they do have
1: soccer RPGs too, literally. Oh, yeah, that's sure. a ton of those. Too many in his elevens to even consider. But no, I remember this really hilariously sad interview with mm-hmm. the battle designer of Final Fantasy One. <laughs> where he's he's getting interviewed by an american journalist and the and this poor battle designer is like yes i'm getting interviewed by an american i can talk american football i love american football (laughs) and the journalist is like i don't i don't know anything about football
0: (laughs) Oh. oh it stinks
1: I just love the idea of like oh there's there are apparently Japanese fans of American football and one of them made the determined what the battle layout was going to look like in Final <laughs> Fantasy and that's why
0: it looks like it does Interesting
3: That that does make sense Yeah So yeah Anyway, she's distracted with Mickey Mouse right now. So
0: The Mickey Mouse Clubhouse?
3: Yes. Oh,
0: hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. No. Come inside, it's fun inside. No, 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 no. But no, we're stopping this. It's They might be giants. It's I a know. Terrible, It's a well-known quality band. Oh, we, need to get,
1: we need to get moving. That's all I'm saying. We, we don't know how long the distraction will last, is That's all I'm true.
0: saying. I'm going to use those songs uh, once I edit the show now.
1: Of course you are. Uh, let's see, looking through... Uh, go on record to how you think <laughs> FF7 Remake will pronounce Ketshi.
3: Well, I would say they will probably go with the J- Japanese katakana pronunciation, which is Ketshi. I so, think, which is pretty close to how you would pronounce it in Gaelic.
0: I'll go with the horrible, horrible way I used to pronounce it as a kid, which would be uh, Kate Sith. I That's how, like how everyone America pronounced it. Pronounced it. Yeah.
1: I don't know if Ketchy's name is ever actually said in Advent Children. Like, the character shows up, but I don't know if the character... If anyone ever says the character's name. Same with, like, Dirge of Cerberus. So I don't know if there's actual canon for how this is pronounced. Probably not.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It might be in... Yeah. I think that character shows up in Dirge of Cerberus, so it might appear there. <laughs> but so, yeah. no... That would require someone to play Dirge of Cerberus to find out. <laughs> Hard pass. Well, I played it, but it was
3: in Japanese, so I, yeah. I
1: wouldn't be able to tell you. It, you might be able to tell us if is actually in there, but not about how it was pronounced in English.
3: I know. I only made it to like the third mission.
1: That's probably for the best. Good place to cut your losses. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll just bet on it getting the Japanese pronunciation, given that they were willing to change the change how. Aerith is spelled in order to encourage a pronunciation they preferred. Um, let see. Uh, which era or game do you feel kicked off? Uh, which era or game do you feel kicked off high-quality localizations? Are, you, are there any you can think of pre-PS2? Uh, some of Square's PS1 localizations late in the game get pretty good.
3: I mean... Love him or hate him, but Woolsey did a pretty good job with what he had available. Yeah. yeah. I mean, part, part of the problem, I mean, the problem is not entirely in the localization ability of the translators. It is quite often in the writing ability of the original development crew.
1: And also just in how much time those translators are given. Like, Woolsey was given several scripts that's like, you got 30 days to get this done.
3: Yikes. Yes. But, I mean, I've seen some of the stuff that's, some of his most memorable lines and what the originals were and the originals were just bland,
1: usually. it's just, it's just nothing that interesting about what's being said.
3: Yes. Let's see.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I remember,
3: again, Kuara answering a question about what was the original version of the Spoony Bard line in Final Fantasy IV. Yeah, I would imagine he just says something fairly normal. Well, like, to the best of my recollection, he just says, Kisama. Yeah, okay. Which translates as you. It's kind of a rude way you, of saying it, but... And more figuratively translates as you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> not, that's not the actual literal translation, but that's kind of the feeling
1: behind it. it. It's it's a way of saying you that makes it clear you don't like the person you're saying it to. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see. Uh, this is an old chestnut, but I mean, Earthbound has a really good localization... Um if it had been allowed to release Earthbound the prototype Earthbound NES localization is pretty good as well.
3: But was that the original localization or the what they ended up later with? Uh
1: the the one that was in the prototype that was released on Wii U Virtual Console is Earthbound Beginnings. Ah.
2: hmm
1: It's not perfect, but it's it's a good localization. Um let's see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's just you know it, there's. it would be hard to say when this became a trend because there are companies that are still very bad at this
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, like pre-PS2 um, I mean there are
3: some companies where you would hope that they would be better
0: at this point but no yeah
1: I mean it's 2019 and some of them are still really bad at it well, some of uh, them that just
0: leave big giant holes in their completed products are you
1: thinking of something else?
0: <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not throwing shade at anything. Nothing at all. Well, I'm
3: thinking of several in particular that I am not going to mention, lest we accidentally summon the people involved. Because <laughs> some of them have been known to show up on forums and complain. Oh, geez. True. 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 Um, Actually, no. In, though in that particular case, I believe that person has been banned from our forums so many times now that
1: it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, yeah uh I'm trying. To, I'm thinking of like the first really good localization from several different companies, like uh, Chrono Trigger. Yeah, Chrono Trigger for like Square or Konami has like MGS as their first really good localization. Um, I'm trying to think of an earlier one from Capcom, The Ace nice Attorney. They usually had just kind of passable localizations um, or minimal story.
3: Yeah. Uh. Mega Man X.
1: Uh, mm. That one, that one, freaking like. I remember X2 makes something up out of whole cloth that later finds its way into the Japanese version, and it's not clear how that happened. Because, <laughs> like, X2's English ending mentions that Zero and Mega Man X will have to fight at some point, and that's not in the Japanese version, but X3's Japanese version reiterates that Zero and X must fight at some point. Very strange. Mm -hmm. bearing in mind that it only reiterates it in the japanese version i don't believe it actually i think that actually got translated out of the english version wow it is weird but that era capcom was also master of things like transposing yes and no in Breath of fire (laughs) 2
3: yes means no no means yes
0: must must hold must not say anything about Breath of Fire 2. It wasn't I'll its fault. Good. I'll be good. It, was, it no, wasn't its fault.
3: fault. <laughs> or for that matter, um, the the time where Nipponichi America managed to introduce an act or accidentally introduce a game destroying bug
0: in Ooh. the of the boss battle. Oh, I gosh. forgot about that. Our Tenelco too. Yeah, I was able to get past that because. By completely cheesing the boss fight. That was but the was official recommendation nice. yes. on their website for like yep. a year.
1: It is
3: simply to beat the boss before she gets to that third line of
1: dialogue.
0: Yep. Yep. That's uh,
1: I, I actually knew, I actually talked to someone once who was working at that company in QA uh, for a brief period. And I, as I recall, they almost had a similar degree of like this boss just breaks the game bug in Disgaea 2 Ooh. but yeah um. hmm.
0: I hear Mickey Mouse in the background <laughs> yes sorry about that <laughs> that's, okay. that's fine
1: everything's fine
3: let's turn the volume down a little bit <laughs> Well, let's see if we can get the remote to accept from this angle. Oh, nope. Okay. Dog Never mind. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. But thankfully, we are well, well past the age of all your bases are belong to us.
1: Mm. Listen, Hopefully. just one base.
3: <laughs>
0: Hopefully. Yeah, uh, these still weird things that pop up. Like, uh, someone had to explain to me what "Sundere" means when I was reviewing this guy for, for example. Oh, that's because oh, whoever was on the localization
3: came. team really, really liked their Japanese anime tropes. Yeah, almost as much as the developers did, and they didn't bother to translate any of them. For some reason that I, for some reason I
1: thought I had to explain that to you while you were playing Mugen Souls as well.
0: Probably, but you
1: you bought more of that was out that of
0: brain. was that before after was that after this guy for i don't know that that came as a blur i
1: for four release date let's see okay i need to double check that that was the what the english release date was uh, september 2011 oh god has it been that long oh no i'm <laughs> dying
2: uh,
3: so you're dying. I just realized that, hey, I've been at this website for 12 years now.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Okay, Mugen Souls was about one year after guy of Foreign English. So. Okay,
0: that explains it.
1: Okay, so I only had to explain to you what Moe meant. Moe. Very
3: bad. And that's a bit of a trial because not even the fans can really define Moe half the time.
1: It's a very broad concept, but also very specific.
3: All at the same time, yes. <laughs> the answer is that knowing what it means makes you a worse person. Um, no, no, having a strong opinion on what you personally think it means makes you a worse person. <laughs> probably. true. N- knowing the general concept it does not make you a worse person, it just makes you confused.
1: Also true. Um, but yeah, that's... I, I kind of... Am, oh yeah, now I'm thinking of like what was Atlas's first good localization. And when I think about their own in-house games, I think of like Persona 2 Eternal Punishment.
0: What? It wasn't the first Persona? Don't you but make it was, me... But it was I included on was, the PlayStation travesty Classic. Travesty it must anyways. be good.
2: <laughs> can't believe they did that. <laughs> Why would you do it?
3: Somebody
0: gave me some very bad advice. The PlayStation Classic is a wonderful and amusing train wreck. <laughs> I must say.
1: What an alarming object. Um, (laughs) But yeah, the... uh, I would would say Persona 2 Eternal Punishment has a good localization that, you know, not perfect, but it was their first really good one. Yeah, and
3: then... Yeah, from Persona 3 onwards, they're all just golden.
1: Yeah. Oh!
3: (laughs) (laughs) Pun pun not actually intended, but hey.
1: (laughs) But... Yeah. um,
0: You'll never see that pun coming. Wow. Um, Yeah, I I would
3: even extend it back to... It's just mass destruction, sorry. I hate this. (laughs) Um,
1: But yeah, I would extend that back to Nocturne on where generally have really good localizations. Nocturne just doesn't have as much of a script. Yeah. um, Let's see. Trying to think of any company that I would associate with, like, Needing good localizations, but uh, had them for the first time at some easily demarcated point. Uh, uh, no, nope, hands up in the air. Don't know.
0: No. Uh, when did the golden it, age of Falcom localizations begin? If I want to make myself feel really old at this point, do you, do you mean when X started? Yeah, I'm just
3: going to say probably yes. Trails in the Sky number one. Because that's the first thing that 11. I think. It's, yeah, because that one really needed a good localization to make that amount of text work.
0: I think they started with an East game, though.
1: Yeah, I think they started with like East Chronicles or e Seven. Chronicles came out. Yeah, I will fight you for this information. You are giving me the DS version's release date, but not the P. Okay, here's the PSP version. East Chronicles 1 and 2 was February 2011. Okay, only eight years ago.
0: Yeah, it's not bad. are not dying yet. What about, that what, feels... What about Oath yeah. and Falgana? I think that one actually earlier.
1: Um, Oath and Falgana. Uh, November 2010!
0: Hmm... Getting older here,
1: but yeah. I'll check seven. So
0: yeah, I I don't I, I'm not sure Xseed had like a stellar reputation as far as localization goes until all that started, and then everyone kind of fell in love with them. So
1: they, they were known to be a good company at that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah,
3: but yeah, overall it's it's as much a combination of the local localizers getting more experienced at it and the Games themselves having better better scripts to work off of.
0: Yeah,
1: and so. also developers being more willing to give them time and money, and also occasionally oh. to show them the game before oh. it's done.
3: Oh, oh, good good point here. I remember reading an interview about the localization of Dragon Quest Eight, where they kept going into small email arguments back and forth with Level Five over this because half the special monsters in the game had ridiculously punny titles. And they were trying to explain the jokes to the translators, and the translators were trying to explain the localized jokes back to the I devs <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think, uh, interestingly, about eight cutting room floor, I believe, has a uh, has some interesting uh, data mined text that shows some of the documents of them, like kind of debating back and forth about how to change certain things' names. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can find that. But yeah, for. For Enix I would
3: definitely say Dragon Quest 8.
1: Yeah, they didn't before that they were kind of touch and go. Yeah. Mostly t- mostly go. Okay, yeah, localization for developed... the ones that
3: they even brought over.
1: Yeah, remember when they just sort of closed up shop because Americans didn't appreciate Robotrek, I guess? What a time to be alive. It's kind of an interesting thing to just see. Oh, there's a bunch of notes about, like, trying to correlate different parts of the script together. Like, what is this in reference to?
3: Yeah, and depending on the game, that could be really ridiculous. Yeah. I'm still remembering the the text dump I saw once from Romancing Saga 2 18 years ago. Like, oh dear, that was
1: random. Like you get a text dump that also has all of the terrible the control codes that just make it even harder to tell what's going on. Oh, it wasn't quite that bad,
3: it's just Romancing Saga 2 is just really, really weirdly organized.
1: Yeah. Like how you get like these like sort of internal back and forths. How about a valuable item that would at least retain an echo of the other message? I think consistency would be preferable, as it will probably help the player to identify the item. So that's kind of uh, anyone interested, go to TCRF and look up DQ eight, and you'll see a lot of in- about that game's localization.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely. I mean. Yeah, especially with the the voice acting that they added in, it wasn't they the original didn't even have that.
1: Yeah, that's that's a gold standard right there. And the orchestral music, which was also not in the original PS2 version. Yeah. And I believe found its way to the Japanese 3DS version, but not the English one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least we'll get uh, 11s with orchestral music.
2: mm Hmm.
1: Okay. Anything else going on here? Uh, I think we could probably wrap up here if we felt like it. A... Yeah, we can also... Let's see. Is there anything else we really wanted to hit that wouldn't be me rambling for ten minutes? Um... <laughs> what else
3: did Budai have on here? Games, uh, game... being, games being meant to replay has sort and fallen out of favor as a mechanic or not. Um that depends on how you define replayed. Playing the same content over and over and over again... It's Bravely Default. Hooray! Yeah. Um, <laughs> th- there are some games that are heavily based on this as a game concept.
1: I feel like uh, it, it's sort of even partitioned into its own design. Like, if you have a lot of roguelike elements or uh, randomly generated elements... Yeah. Uh, those have That's become much more a part of its design, but it's kind of left the design of things that aren't built around it.
3: Yeah, I'm going to assume that he means with RPGs, in which case it largely has, outside of those subgenres that actively encourage replay.
1: Outside of MMOs and... R- and roguelikes. <laughs> yeah.
0: We have had yeah. some recent RPGs with, like, New Game Plus modes, but that's not necessarily, like, strictly something that encourages replay. It's just kind of for those that do want to.
3: Or for those who want to come back to it at a later date and just have some more fun. Right. Yeah. So unlike unlike the classic Atelier format, where you probably do want to play through it multiple times just to make sure you can actually get to a good ending. Mm. Or Nelke, which had issues. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I would say this is a case where it's become more accepted that the you make a game that's built to be replayed or you make a game that kind of isn't a lot of the, especially in rpgs a lot of the time if it's not built to be replayed it's probably too long for most people to play it more than once
3: yeah especially coming out of the era of hey let's see how long we can actually
1: make our games i love 200 hours i don't even need that time in my life
3: I don't metal Metal Max four one hundred hours on the clock and it was worth it, <laughs> just because it was really crazy.
2: Yeah, but yeah. I, of course,
3: that was the one with a decent new game plus that allowed you to not only keep levels but also up the difficulty on everything and added extra oddities and and where you really wanted to see how far you could push the damage for your world
1: record hey wheels how many times did you new game plus dark souls
0: uh four or five
3: yeah there's another one that's good for that kind of
1: thing yeah but i mean it helps that that gets shorter every time you play yeah
0: i think first place through was like 50 hours and the second time through was about 10 so
3: yeah i mean i mean after the first time it's all about the challenge of
0: seeing how fast you can blitz through the thing
1: and to see if uh, the increased boss stats are enough to yeah. stop you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that and that's the thing right there. Like, yeah. um, I mean, e- even yeah. even though the bosses are harder, like the early bosses and everything are much much easier with your increased stats and everything. So, just yeah, I early mean, early parts.
3: I mean, I, I actually did the new game plus on Metal Max Xeno just to see how many bosses I could take out with three people in the buggy. <laughs> <laughs> Because due to a bug you could actually get three people into the buggy that was supposed to only hold two. And I did beat every single wanted monster all the way up to the giant snapping turtle <laughs> with the buggy.
1: I'm being very, very I'm being very, very careful not to make a buggy joke here at this point. <laughs> yes. Please yes, respect buggy my
3: response. Slightly just a little buggy. Um it was just fun to see how far I could go, and even beat some bosses that were technically post-Turtle that showed up in earlier parts of the game, <laughs> just because of the way Hunter Mode worked. So, but yeah, um, yeah. Oh, Breath of Breath of Fire Five. Oh yeah, that was the one that built was really built around a. You're going to have to replay this again at some point, mechanic. Here's more cutscenes so
1: you actually understand why you're doing things.
3: You don't unlock all the content unless you can get your quotient, whatever it was, up high enough, and you're going to have to die a lot to do that.
1: Your D-ratio, I think. Something like D that. Ratio? You gotta get reach the mythical Dragon Quarter. I don't think... By the point you reach Dragon Quarter, the game's not rewarding you with anything, but... <laughs> But it's fun just to see how much you can destroy. It's fun when people uh, are talking about how bad your D-ratio is when you're at Dragon Quarter. <laughs> In that case, you're really, they're really just jealous. <laughs> they wish they had that kind of D-ratio. Um, yeah, I feel like the, the answer to this is that they've kind of partitioned off and that... To be able to make this kind of design work, you have to have a lot of, if you want to make something that's built around replayability, you kind of have to focus a lot on content that either doesn't take nearly as long the second time through or that changes or that's like built to be gone through very quickly, like that will reach an ending very quickly so that you can do a lot, a wide spectrum of uh, events rather than a long spectrum of events. Yeah. In conclusion, you either make uh, Dark Souls or Way of a Samurai. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone else played that, but it was good.
3: <laughs> anyway, I should get going soon before my wife gets home and realizes our daughter has not actually had a nap tonight. <laughs> so it was nice not, to hope. We, we've tried. We really did try. <laughs> Gave it your all. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you guys later and hopefully later more
0: regularly yeah.
3: yes
1: yes right okay uh, okay that. well. we should probably close out uh, questions in usual places
0: yes which is usually um, in the comments I have not received an email in many a fortnight so
1: in yeah. many a battle royale um, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah <sighs> But, uh, yeah. Uh, also through the Discord, we'll respond that way as well.
0: Yep. Anyway.
1: Ah, someone didn't forget.
0: <laughs> yes. No. Yeah.
1: Uh, but,
3: but yeah. So Gaiji Minokutari, Michael Baker, um, actually on Tinder now um, at Michael Yarimizu.
1: Twitter, not Tinder. Did you just
0: call it oh, Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Very different. <laughs>
3: very different
1: not on tinder at all yes i'd have a lot of questions if that the case. um yeah uh yeah uh we also have twitter i have a twitter mine's locked if you try to if you send me a follow request i'll probably say yes yeah. um what, the, what is going on okay. what are you doing <laughs> Oh god, what the hell is going on? Never mind. Uh normal que- questions normal places. See you space cowboys. Champion. Yes.
0: Okay. We stick together cause we're champions. Champions We need to get our front line flank damage and support on the back.
2: Shout it coming with the plan. Now we'll get it in. Champion.